Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Of course, uh, these are days that are obviously uh, left a lot of people less than satisfied when it comes to our health care. I received a rather poignant email yesterday from a woman whose husband was taken to the Brampton Hospital. Since we had been talking about it, the uh, state of emergency declared by counsel up there and the mayor, who, by the way, is going to join us after five o'clock. But still in all, when you got hallway medicine uh, taking up or at least being uh in effect for the better part of last year in five uh, hospitals in the GTA, and then you had one in Hamilton, I think one in Peterborough, another up in Sudbury. It speaks to uh, a system that's gone horribly off the rails. Now, uh, how best to address it? What do we need to know? Let's get uh, Natalie Mayra in here, the Exec Director of the Ontario Health Coalition, who has uh, put out a clarion call for more funding and uh, needing to address this if not in the immediate. Uh, Natalie, a pleasure to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, so I guess uh, your group has basically reiterated something that uh, uh, data from the CBC, this just I guess in the last week or two, has also revealed that uh, we've got a serious crisis with overcrowding in Ontario hospitals. Yeah. Uh, the, and the numbers are staggering. They really are. Uh, but they put, I mean, really what they've done is put numbers to the experience of anybody who's gone to a hospital lately. And what they'll find, of course, is as, you know, everyone now knows, stretchers on hallway, you know, in hallways, people waiting to get in for days. The, the, the inter, you know, the new sort of information I thought was the duration of days in which hospitals were running at more than 100% capacity. That's like, so a safe level of capacity is 85%. It means you have time to clean the room and turn over the bed right before the next patient comes. It means you don't get bottlenecks in the emergency department when all the beds are full and you can't admit patients and so on. Ontario's hospitals are regularly running at 100%. That's way over what anyone else in the developed world does. And even at 120%, 160%, you know, in mental health wards and things. I mean, just unheard of numbers. And now this new report shows that they're, you know, they're doing it for 118 days in a row, right, out of the last 180, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I mean, virtually all the time, the hospitals are running at this crisis level dangerous level of overcrowding. And I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm just, I'm trying to cut through because it would be terrible if we, I saw some media reports calling this the new normal. No, we cannot accept this like food banks or something as the new normal. No, no, no. We have to say like, this is not acceptable. Nobody runs their health system this way. It's dangerous. It means that patients end up waiting too long. It means that people get sent home repeatedly from emergency departments without being treated. You know, this is what we hear. You know, it means people are pushed out too frail. Well, we're even hearing, I guess, some Brampton counselor, a Brampton counselor, pardon me for interjecting, but uh, suggested that there were people actually dying uh, in the hallways. So, uh, Natalie, who or what's responsible for this current state? 
Well, it's been building over years. Um, you know, it's it's since about 2004, we, you know, started to, like, the, the policy, the cornerstone policy of the Ministry of Health in Ontario has been to cut hospitals since the 1980s. That has accelerated, obviously, through the Harris era, and then the Liberals got in in 2003, and there was a bit of a uh, an opening. Greg Sorbera was the health minister, um, uh, sort of the finance minister. Um, uh, you know, things improved a little bit for three years, and then um, they brought in, Dwight Duncan became the finance minister, new era of austerity and cuts, and then for 10 of the last 12 years, so excluding the two years around the election, uh, which, uh, you know, don't you think that's appalling? Uh, we've had hospital cuts every other year. All right. Uh, well, all right. So, so you're saying this is uh, an ongoing problem. It's uh, a yeah. perpetual concern. It's not just, you know, anything recent. As a matter of fact, the Ford government and Christine Elliott, the minister who's come on this program on several occasions, suggesting they're trying to do this, but turning it around is like a ship. You know, you can't do it on a dime. But uh, so is it a matter of funding? Is this ultimately, bottom line, a funding issue? So, well, I accept what, what the, the health minister is saying in one sense. In another sense, through all of this, the health minister has not promised to open one single hospital bed. She hasn't. And that's ridiculous. Like, the evidence is overwhelming. Ontario has the fewest hospital beds left. By that, I mean beds staffed and in operation, right? There are empty floors, empty wards, closed down hospitals all over this province. They could be reopened. The wards could be reopened. They could be staffed up. There's operating rooms that are closed for weeks or months or permanently in every major hospital. Those could be staffed up. It's because they have a lack of funding. And Ontario's hospitals are funded at the lowest rate in the country. So could they immediately improve the funding? Could they immediately start to reopen beds? Absolutely. It's not that complicated. It could be done, and every other province does it. All right, so can you ballpark a figure, uh, an injection of money that might redress it in the immediate? Because that's the real concern for a lot of people. I mean, it's like we need to triage the system. Yeah, well, we called for 5.3% increase in funding uh, for hospitals. The OHA called for 4.8%. Uh, they said theirs was sort of the bare, bare bones just to meet population growth and inflation costs. Um, you know, we need we need obviously more than that to restore capacity to reopen closed beds and things. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a significant chunk of money, no matter what you look at. But it's it still would leave us right near or at the bottom of the country in terms of hospital funding. But all the premiers have gone to the feds and said, increase the federal funding for health care. Uh, is it then really incumbent upon the federal government to address this? Well, the federal government could help. I mean, everybody criticized what the Harper government was going to do in terms of um, changing the funding formula, like, you know, cutting the funding formula quite dramatically for health care. But then when the Trudeau government came in, they actually adopted, with, with very teeny tiny difference, the same funding formula, which dramatically cut um, and, and definitely below the rate of you know, that anyone, that ever, like there's a deep consensus about what is actually needed to meet population growth and aging uh, in Ontario and across the country. And so neither the federal government nor the provincial government are providing that. And is it affordable? Yes, of course it's affordable. We, you know, Canada as a whole is almost near the bottom of all developed nations in terms of the number of hospital beds. Ontario is right at the bottom. 
Yeah, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, funding ask was 6% annual increase. Has that been met? That was the federal. That's uh, that was the federal one. That was the former, like the funding formula that was in the health accord that ran from 2004 to 2014, and then Harper extended it until after the election. That gave a six percent escalator, so a six percent increase per year, and then that was cut by the Trudeau government when they got came in. I see. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Uh, the different premiers would like to see that at least restored, and it has not been. That's right. Yep. The federal government definitely has a role, and they could increase that to, you know, what the escalator was before, which is, which is, you know, there's a lot of evidence to support that number, and there's a lot of fiscal room at the national level. But that still doesn't let the province off the hook because Ontario was cutting its hospitals even when it was receiving a 6% increase from the federal government. I mean, it was receiving a 6% increase from the federal government, and it had frozen hospital funding at a 0% increase. You know, they weren't passing it on to our hospitals, that's for sure, or healthcare even overall. Uh, and uh, and so both levels of government are responsible to the Canadian people uh, for providing the healthcare system that we all cherish, that we all think is a priority and is important and we're proud of, and rightfully so. Uh, but both levels of government don't actually give us a real choice. When it come when they get into power, they all kind of adopt the same policies, and it's it's very very frustrating. Natalie, uh, we it, need we need to restore capacity now. I was going to ask if maybe uh, offloading some of the uh, overloading to in home care, which is part of the plan now with the reformation of the health care system under Christine Elliott, is that going to help to solve some of this problem or not? Well, they did that. Like, I mean, for, for I've been doing this for 25 years. And since the day I started, every health minister, regardless of political stripe, has said that they're moving care out of hospitals to home care. They have done that. Ontario has the fewest hospital beds left of any province in Canada. And in the entire OECD, every developed nation, only Mexico and Chile have fewer hospital beds than us. What that means is they move those patients out. They move them out decade, like more than a decade and a half ago. That's done. Now what they're cutting are, you know, people who are very acutely ill and home care is full of clients, as they call them, who are very acute and people who need home care to live independently or because they've been hurt and they are waiting for surgery or whatever, can't even get it. I mean, that's what's happened. The the hospital patients have taken over home care. The long-term care homes are you know, the chronic care hospitals mm-hmm. of yesteryear, but without the staffing and the resources to provide for the acuity of the residents in them as they keep offloading ever more complex hospital patients. That's what's going on. And it's like a kind of waterfall. It's like a yeah. cascading downloading. I got it. Uh, listen, Natalie, I appreciate you're giving us a snapshot of how dire the predicament is in the province of Ontario. We'll pick it up at some other point. And uh, needless to say, it's a priority that needs to be addressed by the provincial government and uh, certainly the feds as well. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. You got it. Natalie Mayra, Exec Director of the Ontario Health Coalition. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.